Hello friends, my name is Joe Irwin Bettner and this is the Eyes in Oklahoma podcast and if you're watching on YouTube, welcome. This is a new thing that we're doing. So we we are putting out the podcast obviously on all major podcast platforms, but you can watch pretty much all of the podcasts we'll be doing going forward on YouTube. So or at least like clips of what we're doing. And today we're doing just something a little off-season-y. I mean, this is very off-season-y. I mean, we are close to June and OU football obviously has had some movement as far as like transfer portal and recruitment recruiting goes, but this is uh, this is a time where we're really scratching and clawing for content. And I feel like the quintessential off-season piece that has to be a part of your content, you know, calendar, if you're, you know, covering college football or what have you, is ranking the games that the team you cover and just, and you know, really, it, it's kind of like, you know, like what's the most difficult one, you know, you know, going through like the list, um, what's the most entertaining. I'm kind of combining everything. This is going to kind of be a, a catch-all as far as just like ranking uh, Oklahoma's 2022 schedule in terms of, you know, the way I'm looking at it is just in terms of like, I think the hype that's going to be around it, how difficult it will be, uh, potential for it being a primetime game, things of that nature. So without, you know, wasting any more of your time, we're going to get right into the rankings. And I you could probably imagine that number uh, number 12 is going to be Kent State, which is Oklahoma's week two matchup. They are not, you know, they haven't announced anything as far as like TV goes, but this is probably going to be your ESPN plus game more than likely, which is not a bad thing. OU taking on Kent State is September 10th, and I would imagine that's probably a 6 p.m. ESPN plus game, which, you know, the people not at the game, I rightfully can complain about it, but at least you don't have to pay 50 bucks, 60 bucks, whatever it is for the for the pay-per-view. And this game just, you know, it, it, I think it's going to be a little strange just kind of going from what I think is going to be a really hyped, you know, opener against UTEP. UTEP not really being what UTEP was last season. They have a lot to replace on that pro, in, in that program, but it's going to be strange going from that first game, Brent Venable's era really actually kicking off, going into State, but then the week after is the big trip at Nebraska, and we'll talk about that later, obviously. Uh, but Kent State, not not at the top of my list. I mean, that's a game you're going to see a lot of guys that uh, probably won't play. That's that's going to be a redshirt type of game, you know, guys that uh, are, are on that line to kind of get a little bit of an audition uh, probably in the second half. Would not expect that to be a competitive ball game, and if it is, Oklahoma has some serious, serious issues. But to move on, uh, this might surprise uh, people because like I just think in terms of like challenging it could be in terms of excitement I just don't know but my num number 11 on this list is Iowa State uh, road trip to Ames October 27th uh, Thursday night maybe I should rethink retool this now nah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna stick with it the, the main thing like for me with Iowa State is it's just like I don't know what to expect I really don't know what to expect with Matt Campbell's team I think that Matt Campbell is a great head football coach uh, and he's done really good things for the Cyclones but this is, by all accounts, either going to be what I assume will be a, rebuild, a rebuilding year, or Matt Campbell is going to, you know, have the coaching career, you know, the coaching um, job of the century, and you know, graduating that class with, you know, Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, Charlie Kohler, like 
a lot of lot of talent that Iowa State is losing. There's just not a lot known about this. I mean, there's Xavier Hutchinson on the offensive side of the ball, but like there's just not a lot we know about Iowa State at this point. So a little bit tough to tell. I do think the Thursday night spot is pretty challenging, which is why I'm kind of like, oh, maybe I should have put it up a little bit higher because you might be wondering, you know, like where is Kansas on this list? Uh, but we'll get to them in a second. Iowa State, number 11. Not a, not really. I just really don't know what to expect out of that game. I think that Oklahoma should win that one. But Thursday night names, a little bit uh, a little bit dicey, a little bit tricky. Uh, so we will see how Oklahoma comes out in that game. Moving on, number 10 on my list is TCU. Uh, it just... This is another team that it's kind of hard to predict what they're going to be, but I don't imagine it being any more than a 500 to like seven and five, you know, team that maybe makes a bowl game if a few things go their way. But the first year of the Sunny Dykes era, just I'm not really expecting it to be competitive. Oklahoma's had some like really weird games down on Fort Worth that have just not been all that entertaining. And I think that might be skewing my uh, perception of this one a little bit. So it's uh, it's just kind of one of those things that I think will be probably an 11 a.m. 2.30 kick. Can't imagine that one being prime time. Um, to go back to, I was going to say, I've been trying to like every time I rank one of these games, like giving a little bit of a prediction on the TV time. So Obviously, Kent State, I, I think I mentioned that's probably going to be like a 6 p.m. if they kind of go by the old pay-per-view model. Uh, Iowa State, being on a Thursday night, I mean, that's a guaranteed night game. Uh, but then TCU, I mean, I just can't imagine that it being anything other than an 11 a.m. or even like a 2.30 game. Um, I just can't imagine it being at night unless Fox, which, as we know, does the 11 a.m. big noon kickoff, uh, and they put a lesser game at 7 p.m. Um, so... That could be Fox's game. I I mean, maybe they put a night game for Oklahoma and TCU. Uh, but that uh, that coming the week before Texas is always kind of a tough spot, or at least I think that's what it always kind of gets talked about as. Uh, but just interested to see what TCU looks like. And hopefully I won't say too many times, like, I don't really know what to expect, but uh, I really don't know what to expect from TCU this season. Uh, just a lot of um, a lot of new faces around there. A lot of new, I, I think that the Horned Frogs can be back kind of to where they were um, under Gary Patterson. I think that Sonny Dykes is just, it's a good job for him. It's a good fit. I think the pressure will, you know, not really be there uh, for the first few years. So I think that just kind of less stress probably makes the transition a little bit a little bit easier moving on to number nine on my list kansas kansas showing up kansas coming to norman uh this is kind of a uh, you know, not a it's, it's a good spot probably for Oklahoma to have Kansas the week after the OU Texas game, which is always just such a draining game for I think both teams. Um, and you don't really want you know a, a huge slugfest the week after. Now I will say this about Kansas, and I have been kind of been on the uh, not the Kansas bandwagon, but I think this is a team that is going to cross into like the three win, four win territory, which I know is pretty wild for for the Kansas. Jayhawks, but this was a team that lost, uh, or not lost, but Les Miles was fired, relieved of his duties uh, after spring practice had already happened. They bring in Lance Leipold, the, the former Buffalo coach. So not having that spring to install his system, uh, essentially just kind of, you know, you know, putting together a team, um, from summer on it was a team that got better as the season went along and it's one of the i believe they're you know them uh they, they're I, i'm fairly certain that they are top 10 in terms of like returning talent um or returning 
starters um and you know you could you can make the case that i mean kansas gave oklahoma a really good game last year that was still super strange in a game that i don't think that oklahoma necessarily should have needed a guy like caleb williams to like snatch the ball from kennedy brooks's hand to make a play uh that was just a strange strange event um I don't expect this one to be uh, uh, as close as that one. I think Oklahoma should be locked. I mean, just under Brent Venables, the kind of, the kind of vibe is just that like Oklahoma's not. Well, you would expect them to have a few. Let, I mean, just historically, like every team has a letdown game, but you would hope that Brent Venables, if he is the coach that and the culture that he's trying to instill can be of such that Oklahoma doesn't go into these games that they should clearly win and lay an egg. So uh, Kansas is, is there at number nine. Uh, next up is West Virginia, which sandwiches is kind of sandwiched by two really, really important games, Baylor and Oklahoma State, November 12th in Morgantown. Uh, that's a game that, uh, oh, and I already kind of broke my rule about the time. That Kansas game, wouldn't expect that to be at night, probably. I'll, I'll go 11 a.m. Um, on like ESPN something like that uh, but as far as West Virginia goes this is a tough one just because I feel like when Oklahoma goes on the road and you've you've seen it all kind of like some of the stats that I mean I've tweeted to be other people have put out but you know when Oklahoma goes on the road it's Oklahoma and it's just kind of the nature of being Oklahoma. It's typically the biggest game of the year for, you know, whoever they're, they're going to. And I would imagine, you know, November, uh, Saturday, uh, you know, uh, or sorry, excuse me, a mid November game in Morgantown would likely lend to it being, you know, perhaps a, perhaps a night game. And I think I'm a little bit higher on West Virginia, or at least I think that the, I can see like the potential for Neil Brown to really figure things out, um, this upcoming season. And, obviously it's just tough to play teams in november i think that you know if you're not affected too much by the injury bug uh you can you know really make some noise in november just because you've got you know pretty much an entire season under your belt and this is going to be jt daniels what would this be his his 10th game as west virginia's quarterback i mean that's just a lot of experience to build off of JT Daniels, uh, the former five-star quarterback who's bounced around from, you know, USC to Georgia. Now he's at West Virginia. I think this is a good spot for him and, you know, first-year offensive coordinator Graham Harrell. I think that there's fairly mixed reviews and rightfully so about Graham Harrell, but I think that West Virginia, they, I mean, they were in games last year and, you know, a lot of things could have went their way. They, they probably should have beaten Oklahoma last season. That was if you remember the game that Spencer Rattler w was booed uh, by uh, a certain, you know, portion of the stadium. I don't know if it was students, you know, it's kind of hard to tell, but um, I think that West Virginia game uh, becomes a, a tricky one just in terms of you've, you've got this really tough spot between Baylor and Oklahoma State. And I think that the West Virginia Mountaineers can can make some noise. I think that's a team that could that could get to, you know, eight or nine wins. I think JT Daniels and what they've got going there now. The receiver talent, not that great. Not super great. But I'll be interested to see what uh, the Mountaineers can do uh, to move this along. Uh, UTEP, you're probably wondering when UTEP was going to come up. I think they're getting a little bit of a bump here just because first game of the Brent Venables era. As I mentioned, the just this is just that what's really working for this UTEP game is just like pure excitement. Uh, I think that fans and I, I think the media as well. Uh, UTEP is an interesting team just in terms of. Uh, 
it, it first game of the season you've kind of seen it before when Oklahoma has brought in a you know a lesser a lesser program um, and you know it's a mid-major you know I don't think that's any disparaging comment toward UTEP but this is a game that I would expect Oklahoma to win by you know several several touchdowns I think the line came out the other day at 37 and a half so Oklahoma should win that game with ease, but uh, that will be a game that should be nationally televised just kind of based on Kent State uh, being the game right after. Otherwise, this would be prime, you know, pay-per-view ESPN Plus territory. Uh, but hopefully Oklahoma can still manage to get a night kick because September 3rd in Norman, Oklahoma, generally is uh, pretty miserable. Uh, but excited just to kind of get our first look at Brent Venables uh, and what his, uh, what, his, you know, what his version of Oklahoma football looks like. So we'll be interested to see how Oklahoma you know, fares in that game and if they can live up to that, to that pretty big spread uh, that they've got going into it. Moving into the top half of the schedule, Texas Tech. This is a tough one for Oklahoma. November 26th, this is the last game of the regular season in Lubbock. That is a tough, tough spot. Once again, as I've kind of mentioned and talked about, and I won't point to it too much, but season goes along, teams typically get better, and I think that Joe McGuire will be really good for the Red Raiders. I am very intrigued to see how he can do, and I'm <laughs> workshopping this take. Like, I think if anyone should be really like scared of Texas Tech, it should be Oklahoma State because they kind of recruit the same type of player. But I think that Joey McGuire being the Texas high school football legend that he is, is going to really create a monopoly on a lot of those like middle tier Texas high school recruit guys that maybe aren't, you know, being looked at by a Texas or OU or what have you. But I think that Joey McGuire can clean up there. And that's a place that is a spot where Mike Gundy has done really well. I think that, you know, if, if that, if we see, if we see anything out of that game, I mean, I, I would anticipate that that could be, especially if Oklahoma is in contention for a Big 12 championship berth, um, I would imagine that that is a game that uh, gets pretty decent attention. Um, it would doubt that you know, being the last weekend of the season, it's kind of a, a you know a, a day for most teams to play their their rivalry games. I would imagine that's probably not getting like big noon kickoff, but you know maybe it gets uh, maybe it gets a prime time slot on ESPN or something like that. Uh, I would imagine that that will be a lot of eyeballs on that game if Oklahoma is kind of the team that we expect them to be. Moving on, number five, Kansas State, September 24th, first Big 12 game for Oklahoma, opening up conference play against the Wildcats. Deuce Vaughn is just the truth. I am excited to see what Oklahoma does. This is the third year of Deuce Vaughn. It feels like he's been in Kansas State forever. I think that Brent Venables, there's going to be tons of storylines about him playing his, you know, his alma mater. Um, but I am really intrigued. I, I think that Nebraska can do some things just with Casey Thompson. And, you know, the, the offense there for Nebraska wasn't quite there uh, last season. I think that this Kansas State offense with Adrian Martinez, Deuce Vaughn, just a dynamic uh, group in that backfield. This is going to be, I think, the, probably the, the big first test for Brent Venables because I, I we no discredit to Nebraska. I think that game will be competitive, but I just think that K-State has, has a lot of firepower and a lot more proven commodities um, coming out of there. I'll be interested to see what Oklahoma um, gets as far as just like a kickoff time because I mean, 
that would be a that would be a fun i think night game i think it's kind of been you know early game uh and i can't remember the last time maybe 2012 the last time oklahoma played k-state like at night um but yeah it's been a little bit that's going to be a fun big 12 opener i think k-state's going to surprise some people seeing the the win totals uh for the big 12 some of the the books that put those out um i think kansas state's getting a little underrated so that's why they're kind of up on this list after them number four on my list Oklahoma State, not too hype on Bedlam this year, but I still think that your Bedlam, you know, November 19th, Oklahoma uh, will host OSU and Oklahoma State for what they are, I think is in a really good spot. Derek Mason, new defensive coordinator comes in for Jim Knowles, which was kind of the heart and soul of the team last season. I think that Oklahoma State still is very limited by its offense and just defensively Oklahoma was exposed quite a bit by a, a great game plan on i think mike gundy's part now obviously oklahoma led a lot in that bedlam game and you know kind of let it slip away a little bit but i'll be uh you know just i'm just not i'm just not sold on spencer sanders i don't think that's a i don't think that's a hot take by any means i think that's probably a sentiment shared by quite a few people um maybe oklahoma state comes out and surprises me and they're they're back you know being a 10-win team competing for a new year's six bowl a big 12 championship game berth i just don't necessarily see it but you can never underrate bedlam moving on into the top three baylor this is the biggest home game i think on oklahoma's schedule baylor last year just completely i think embarrassed oklahoma physically um it looked like two programs that if you look at the resources and the talent the recruiting there's no reason why Oklahoma should have ever looked that way. I think against Baylor, just in terms of what that team, I mean, you put in five defensive players in the NFL draft. You, you have, you know, a, kind of a transition just in terms of like Caleb Williams is now the starting quarterback, but the offensive firepower still, still should have been there to have made that a better game than it was. And a lot of credit has to go to Dave Aranda. I think he's one of the best coaches in the country, obviously one of the best in the big 12. That is a important game for Oklahoma to kick off November. November 5th as I said I really hope that that's prime time because I think that's going to be a fun fun game and I think that Oklahoma's players the ones that are returning uh, will have plenty uh, plenty of reason to be motivated for that one moving on top two Nebraska so Texas is number one if you haven't been keeping up but uh, Nebraska um, probably could have gone number one here I mean this is just a huge huge game just as far as going up to Lincoln uh, Oklahoma's first time since 2009 uh, Nebraska brings back um, you know, quite a bit from last year's team new quarterback and will likely be Casey Thompson as the starting quarterback so some bad blood there and I think Nebraska for what they were I mean they have been a mediocre, mediocre football program and Scott Frost has not yet uh, been able to kind of unlock the, you know, the Nebraska of the past um, but I I really think that you, when you look at how many games they lost by one score that this you know I think that the karma is gotta it's gotta be on Nebraska's side at some point um, that game if, if it's not at night I mean I, I would imagine uh, just kind of looking at you know Fox has the has the uh, Alabama Texas game the week before ABC uh, managed to get OU Texas um, so this could be a Fox big noon kickoff situation once again um, I wouldn't be shocked at all if you know Fox just being partners with both the Big 12 and Big 10 that they'll really want that game in their inventory um, but a, a good game that I think that Oklahoma has a very you know of all the games I've kind of listed I think that Oklahoma other than like Baylor should 
win. And I, I think that Oklahoma should probably beat Baylor just, you know, given the talent that's coming back. But Dave Aranda, man, he's a great head, head football coach. And I think that Brent Venable's year one, I think that there is probably less question marks for me about him than probably what's, you know, going on on the outside. But I still think that Dave Aranda is, uh, is a great head coach and that's going to be a battle. I mean, that's going to be a really tough one. I mean, it was something that Lincoln Riley was never able, ne never able when it came to some of the defensive coaches in the Big 12, just he had his weak spots, and Dave Aranda was was definitely one of them. But number one, Texas, October 8th. That'll be on ABC, likely an 11 a.m. kickoff. Would not imagine Texas to be undefeated at that point. Uh, they've got a tough, they've got a really tough September. Not only just Alabama, but, you know, you start off the year with the program, you know, that has been um, as good. I don't want to get this wrong, but Texas is uh, 2022 non-conference, uh, and we might eventually kind of rank the 2022 non-conference schedules, and I think that would be an interesting kind of look because Oklahoma, is, it's it's not terrible, uh, but, Oklahoma, or, but Texas has... Louisiana Monroe, you know, not the best program, but definitely, you know, mid-major you can't overlook. And then UTSA, which had its best season in history last year. I think Texas is going to, you know, th th it's going to be tough for them to be at a, a one-loss team entering, da you know, going into Dallas. Um, I mean, before before they get into uh, before they get to OU Texas, they they will have played Texas or Texas Tech in Lubbock, and they'll have hosted West Virginia. That's just some tough spots for for the Longhorns. Um, but obviously, I, I think everyone, uh, you know, as much as we uh, kind of talk about, you know, the whole Texas is back memes and whatnot, and whatnot, you know. Let's 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 see what Quinn Ewers can do. He's got Bijan Robinson. He's got Xavier Worthy. Uh, they don't have Jordan Addison, but that is a that is a fiery team on, on the offensive side of the ball, which was kind of the case last year, and a big reason why they got out. You know, uh, you know obviously turnovers help, but uh, they, uh, they the offense has not been the problem. It's just that defense that I, I just don't know. They they didn't bring in a ton of guys or at least like names that really jump out that make me think like this is going to get turned around, but. I'll be uh I'll be very and I think a lot of you will be very uh, intently watching that Alabama Texas game and a lot of people probably think that you know that could be a game that Texas uh, should probably lose um, by a lot of points just because of the, the the program that Alabama is and the program that Texas is at the current moment um, just week two that's a that's a tough spot to be in for Steve Sarkeesian and um, I, I but I think that obviously you, if you're gonna rank OU schedule OU Texas has always got to be at the top of the list it's just you never know which way that one's going to go so i'll be interested to see what happens um coming in this season and i would love to know your thoughts if you want to drop your uh rankings in the comments would love to discuss this some more uh but that does it uh, for today's edition of the eyes in oklahoma podcast if, if you're watching on youtube or just listening um on whatever podcast app you use we definitely appreciate you and make sure to check out eyes get subscribed to the newsletter never miss any bit of information about your favorite school so with that said my name is Joe Erwin Bettner. We'll catch you next time.